episode 158 is the surrender method. So today I'm going to talk about this method, this approach that can be applied to your general life and to your technical skills. I'm going to talk about it in regards to programming, learning algorithms, something that I have started putting more time and energy into. So I'm using the constant space repetition approach, just spending maybe 10 to 20 minutes most days, not every day, but most days I'll spend on solving algorithm problems. And it was a surrender method that was mentioned in one of these courses I'm doing at the moment. that got me thinking about it being a good approach to algorithms. I don't think I had a click, made a connection in my mind before. And it is something that I have applied in my own general life. The surrender method for me is when I'm just confused about something. I don't know what the path forward. I don't know the correct way to look at things right now. I kind of feel a bit stuck. I found that surrendering to the situation it can help a lot because it helps you to just have more calmness and a more peace of mind in the moment that helps you to notice things a bit better than like I found it's not full, full, foolproof, but it does help a lot, especially when you're at a crossroads in your life, you don't know which way to go. Both options look appealing. And you're also thinking about the patterns you kind of fall into in your life. Is this a repeating pattern or not? There's a lot of things to think through. And I've just found sometimes surrendering to how you're feeling helps. So I'll talk about this first in regards to the algorithms and programming. And I want to talk more about it in terms of your emotions, emotional experience of life. So with the algorithms, algorithmic thinking. So I was doing a course and that this was the approach that he outlined that instead of spending an hour or a long, long time trying to solve a new problem that you've never seen before. His approach was to spend 10 minutes on the problem, then quit, look at the answer. In the course I'm doing, the answer is given with an outline of why the answer works. That's the important part, watching a breakdown of why the answer works, because you're focusing on the pattern, the logic that solved that problem. What are the component pieces? So for algorithms, algorithmic problems, you're looking at the data structures, like what type of data structure was used to hold the data in this situation? And what is the type of conditions that are used to solve the problem? So you're getting all these and you're getting a feel for that. That's helped me a lot with my block around getting better at algorithms. Because when I didn't do this course and I hadn't really thought about algorithms, and the reason I wasn't talk, thinking too much about algorithms was because I was overwhelmed by the whole thing. Algorithms were, they weren't something I wanted to venture much it, too far into because I linked them with Matt and I didn't, I don't enjoy Matt's and uh, I didn't go down that path too often then. And it was also that feeling of being overwhelmed, looking at a problem I've never solved before. A problem that I don't have the logic in my mind to make sense of the solution. What could be a possible solution here? So this is the assumption here that the, pro the, the reason why you're sitting down and spending a long time trying to solve a problem is because you don't, ha you don't have the logic in your brain to, to solve the problem. You don't have the, the thought patterns, the tools that will help you to solve the problem. 
So this approach isn't about cheating. It's not about memorizing answers because there's an infinite amount of answers or questions that can be asked. So that's going to get, get you nowhere in the long term. But it's the breakdown of the, the answer. What's the pattern here? You do that often enough and you get a feel for the pattern. That's how the surrender method I'm starting to see is valuable in technical skills and in algorithms, dealing with algorithms. So where I've seen this play out in my life already, so when he, when he was talking about the surrender method, I was like, that makes sense. I hadn't really thought about it too much in terms of technical skills before, but I have applied it to my life quite a bit. There's a great book that actually talks about this. It's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. He's an interesting guy. It's kind of a hippie vibe to him. He's also a programmer. And the way he talked about programming in that book was quite interesting. He it felt more like artistry and it was something that was peaceful, I guess, to him. There's something there that was very different to how I'd usually, the vibe I'd usually get from coding. And his story actually was even quite interesting, Michael Singer. Just one day he noticed the voice in his head, the, the, the inner critic, the person who just, or the inner narrator, who's just talking incessantly. One day he noticed that and he never turned back. He went down the spiritual path of, I suppose, awakening and following, yeah, I suppose, following his intuition. But that's the surrender experiment. And so when it comes to emotions, overwhelming emotions, what you may have noticed that was that when I wasn't working much on algorithms, I'd given in to this sensation of overwhelm. I didn't want to deal with it. It was too overwhelming for me. But by entertaining that this is going to be overwhelming, by sitting with that, acknowledging that, then it helps you to find different materials, find different ways of looking at it that will help you to work on something that's quite important in a technical domain. So with the feelings in general life, I find this play out in relationship dynamics that I'm confused by. I might know what's fully going on here because I'm only a part in the relationship dynamic. I'm only my own part in that dynamic. I, I don't know what the opposite side of the dynamic is bringing to the relationship. So I often get confused by that. And so in those situations, I will pay more attention to the feelings that are coming up within me. Why am I avoiding them? What am I actually resisting? And I get my analytical mind out of the way. So I don't overanalyze it when I'm aware of it. And I, my intention is not to overanalyze this, but to be aware of what feeling is this bringing up in me? Why am I avoiding it? The avoidance would be in the stories I'm following to make sense of how I'm feeling rather than just actually feeling how I feel. So that's where I've seen it play out. Sometimes you can just go, it can be as simple as feeling that feeling that you're uncomfortable feeling. And it, it dissipates more the issue in the moment, the issue you've been facing, the pattern you've been in, mightn't resolve itself immediately. But in the moment, you'll notice when you're flustered, and you can bring yourself back by feeling that emotion. There's a sense of grounding, grounding that comes with that. So the surrender method is actually a simple approach to complex, oftentimes complex problems. And then you kind of think like, why don't more people use it? 
And I'm just going to talk about how it isn't that easy to fall into this way of thinking. But when you're in this way of thinking, life becomes that bit more enjoyable, I think. Because you're you're letting life guide you more so than trying to force something. Because that's a horrible experience. If you're living your life trying to force everything. It's very stressful. It's very overwhelming. Not much flow to it. Not much creativity to it. Not much fun to it. But the surrender method, I feel like it's challenging to our sense of self, our sense of ego. Well, it has been for me anyway. It was. I don't think the surrender method was even in my existence well into my early 20s. I think it was probably about 22, 23, 24 onwards. I was gradually getting awareness of surrendering because the problems of my life were so big. I couldn't figure them out. I had to seek an alternative way of being. And it was initially difficult to fall into this way of thinking because it does seem to challenge your sense of being smart. And it's also, you can also fall into the habit of analyzing things that you're deadly afraid of the unknown, not actually knowing the logic here and being comfortable with that. I think this way of being has helped me a lot with the pandemic because I notice in myself when I'm trying to get solid answers to things and when I'm uncomfortable not knowing what's going on here. So I noticed that a lot in the initial stages of COVID, that there was a lot of concrete black and white thinking, trying to get concrete answers and concrete things quickly, which is helpful because it does help to form the framework that we're living by now the guidelines we're living by now. But when you feel yourself latching onto these things as if there's safety in the known, that's when I feel it becomes a problem. And that's how this way of being has helped me. I, I know, I realize that that is a bad way of being because there's a lot of anxiety and stress and tension in that way of being. And I suppose the counter argument is that, well, if you are peaceful with things and you let life guide you, then where is the motivation going to come from to to actually put in place things that are going to help? Because take, for example, in the pandemic, there needs to be guidelines in place. Otherwise, it's going to be complete chaos. And I would argue that you can still put guidelines in place. You can still take something very seriously, but also have an openness to not knowing exactly what's going on, to figuring it out as you go along. I suppose that was challenging for me before it's less and less challenging for me now. I guess it's because I work on the analytical part of my brain every day. And I also work in this way of being, of surrendering every day as much as possible when I'm aware of it. It will tie more into the mindfulness. So I talk sometimes about mindfulness meditation in this podcast. I would say I'm quite informal in my approach to mindfulness and meditation. For me, sometimes I'll put aside a bit of time to meditate I don't often do that because what I usually do is I'll have periods throughout my day where I, I just let my mind wander. And even I just kind of build that awareness of how I'm feeling, even standing in a queue of people or just being out and about. I'm building more an awareness around how I'm feeling in the moment, because that for me is what meditation and mindfulness is all about. It's bringing that awareness into your day to day because you don't really want to compartmentalize that because I feel 
if you compartmentalize meditation and mindfulness as something you do at 3 p.m. every day or something you do at a certain time, a certain place, you don't necessarily see the implications in your real life. It just feels like something you do to de-stress from the stressors of life rather than something that you're building an awareness around to help you live better. It's become a lifestyle thing. And not even a lifestyle thing, just a way of being, a way of naturally being. I, fe- I feel like that's probably <laughs> the human natural way of being before we become dysfunctional and neurotic in the way we think about things and, and life experiences that get thrown our way. But that's the main thing I wanted to talk about today, the surrender method, apply it to a technical skill like programming, and then just give you a feel for how to, to approach your life with this openness, this receptivity to surrendering to life. Because I feel it ties into the base assumption that life happens for you rather than to you, and that you live in a friendly universe. I think that that was the Einstein quote again of... Uh, it's probably the most important thing to ask yourself. Do you believe you live in a friendly universe or an evil one, uh, a nefarious one? Because it does impact your felt experience of life. And I underline felt experience of life. If you believe, like for me, if I didn't really think about that, and my assumption was that I live in a nefarious universe, I would feel always on edge. I'd feel always quite guarded and that people underneath it all don't have good intentions for me. So again, that's, that's a nuanced one because in life you will meet people who don't have the best of intentions for you, but you'll also meet people who have good intentions for you. Uh, I guess that comes back to trusting yourself and giving more weight again to your felt experience of life. What I have tended to notice is that people who have bad intentions, who have conscious bad intentions for other people, generally they, I, I don't feel they've got that sense of connection to themselves, that they don't really know how they're feeling day to day. They don't place much importance on the felt experience. So I feel when you're a person who places more and more importance on your felt experience, you'll notice that more in other people and you'll be around those types of people much more in your future. And you'll be able to identify the people who aren't living from that experience just in their actions and behaviors and ways of being and how how you feel around them too you'll pick up on that more so that's that's it for today the surrender method it's a useful approach to life in general and to technical skills recommend reading that book the surrender experiment by michael singer it's quite uh quite eye-opening when you let life unfold i guess before i leave you just one other thing with that that is challenging that i think is Probably the biggest thing that's challenging about this approach to life or incorporating some aspect of this approach to life is that in order to do this, the surrender method, you have to surrender to everything. So you can't just choose when you're surrendering to, to life. So things that things that happen in your life that on the surface could look bad to you, you might, might, might be the ending of a relationship, you might I don't know, your best friend might move away to a different country. It's those types of things. It's a letting go process of surrendering. It's it's an acceptance that you don't have control of life. That's why it's very challenging. So it's not just allowing in all the good things into your life. It's also accepting the things that are challenging. That's the other side of the coin. So I guess maybe that's probably the biggest obstacle I've had to face to embrace this more. 
how did I suppose I continually face uh, on, a, on a more unconscious level, I think. But that's it. That's, a, that's a, an alternative way of living with your problems, with life, with dealing with that, actually letting life unfold in whatever way it's supposed to unfold. You do your part. You can only do so much. You show up, you do your part, and then the world does its part. You don't know what lessons you're going to have to learn. But uh, it can, it can, it can, I think there's a sense of there's more kind of ease to it. Even when things are difficult, there's a bit more ease to it. I think it actually ties into it's kind of that Buddhist philosophy that life is suffering. But that a lot of suffering is human made. So there's a certain level of suffering in the world that that just is things happen in life to you that you can't account for. You can't you can't give an exact an exact explanation for why that happened to you or like why why that happened for you. But there is an element of suffering they talk about in Buddhism. It's the human creation of suffering and that's accounts for a large proportion of our suffering that's us dwelling on things overanalyzing things it's that part of suffering that is optional i feel this approach to life can help ease away that part of optional suffering so that's it that's what i want to talk about today thanks again for listening and i will speak to you on the next episode